The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And this podcast episode continues what we did a podcast episode or two ago, where we were talking about the reasons why AI projects fail. And if you're just hearing this podcast for the first time, maybe you've just tuned into AI today for the first time, in which case, welcome. You are part of a great family. <laughs> AI Today podcast, we really try to focus on the here and now of making AI work. You know, our perspective is on the people who are dealing with AI today. We, we love the future of what AI can be. We love the promise. We love the, the, all the great things you hear about, you know, and the research and science fiction and what the vendors are saying. But on this podcast, we focus on the here and now of today of people actually trying to make this stuff work. And, well, you may not be surprised, but people are having a hard time. There is a high failure rate of AI projects. And well, we're going to get into why exactly those projects are failing. Exactly. So, you know, if you're not familiar with us, Ron and I are with Cognolytica. We're an AI-focused research, advisory, and education firm. So we have been around for many years, and so has our podcast. So throughout the series, uh, throughout, you know, the course of Cognolytica, we've talked to many, many uh, vendors, we've talked to many end users and enterprises, government organizations on how they're actually, you know, AI today. So how they're actually implementing AI today. And over the course of these many years, we have seen a number of reasons why AI projects fail. And, you know, in general, there's some general themes. And so that's, we thought it was important to have this AI failure series with the podcast because we wanted to talk about you know, what are the reasons that we're seeing? Let our listeners know these reasons and then why they're occurring and how you can help to overcome them. So in today's episode, we really want to talk about um, one of the reasons we've seen why AI projects fail, and it's that the ROI is not justified. So um, as mentioned, we have about 10 episodes in this series of the AI failure series talking about the top 10 reasons actually 10 very common reasons why AI projects fail. And some may resonate with you and some may not. You may be like, okay, well, uh, you know, that's not what I'm experiencing. And some you may not realize you might run into. <laughs> and I think what we want is we want you to be successful. I mean, for, for you that are listening to this podcast, AI has been providing value and can provide value. As long as you apply AI, just like any technology to the right problem, you understand sort of the scope of what AI systems are good at and not good at, and you align your expectations. You know, if you match your expectations with reality, it's kind of actually hard to see how you would not be successful. So clearly, one of the common reasons why AI systems fail is because of misaligned expectations. Um, and we talk about that in, in all of this. And if you're not subscribed, by the way, to our AI Today podcast, you should be. You should go back and listen to our, our previous episode where we talk about one of the other reasons. And you should stay subscribed to hear the next eight reasons, right? But, but one of these common reasons of misaligned expectations is this return on investment. If you're going to be spending your time and effort and money implementing an AI system, you want to get some positive return, right? 
<laughs> you <there's>, hope. <laughs> and, you know, there's many kinds of positive return, right? When we say return. Exactly. So when we talk about, you know, return on investment, a lot of people always think about a financial return. And yes, that is one return and that's incredibly important. But there can be other returns on investment as well that you're measuring to see if your project is successful. This can be a return on time, you know, uh, so people, uh, can, how can I let people do their jobs more effectively, give them back some of the time that they had, resource return on investment as well. Maybe, you know, you're not, you're, you're freeing up resources so that you can use them in different ways. So you can think about that return on, on investment in more than just a financial return on investment. You know, really at the end of the day, is this cost cutting? Is this saving me, saving me money? We say, look at the broader picture and measure ROI in a, in a more broader term than just money. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's improving reliability. For example, um, you know, we have AI systems that are helping us check, you know, improve uh, quality control or checking our data when we're entering it, where maybe we're making mistakes, um, you know, and, and AI systems can help with that, um, you know, or maybe where, you know, you, you think of AI in the context of robotics or automation and all these situations where maybe I am saving money, but maybe I'm basically improving, improving efficiency or safety, you know, compliance even, you know, these are all really valid things. And you say, oh, it's worth it to me if I spend say $100,000 on an AI project, and I, and I eliminate $2 million of potential liability, even if it's not a cost, you're like the, fail, the cost of failure is high. If I can reduce it, then it is, is worth it. I think what is sad is that a lot of AI systems are not even meeting these more broadly <laughs> defined uh, definitions of return. And, and I think that's because, well, there's lots of reasons for it, but, but one of the big reasons is that people are just trying to bite off way too much. You know, I don't know if it's just that people are watching too much science fiction for what AI is, but they're like, I'm going to build a chatbot that can answer a hundred questions, or I'm going to build this robot. and It's going to do all of these things. And what do you see? Walmart invested in robots, started pulling them, invested them 2017. By the time 2020, 21 rolls around, they're pulling them out. Same thing happened at Lowe's. Same thing happened with the Pepper robot. And, and that's just the robotics industry. There's so many other situations where people were trying to use computer vision for this thing. Oh, I'm going to use, it can recognize all these things. And they're like, oh man, the failure rate's high or autonomous vehicles. Let's not even get into that, right? So what's going on? Why are these companies even trying these very, very difficult projects kind of early on, 2017 to build an autonomous robot roving, roaming the, the uh, aisles at Walmart? Well, that might've been pretty bold, right? It might have been. Also, you know, you have to make sure that you don't get caught up in the hype as well and say, I want to I want to have this, you know, robot walk roaming the halls. How cool is that? It's going to attract people. We're going to be so forward thinking and cutting edge. And, and that's why we want it. Make sure that the reasons that you're doing this are valid and that they're actually solving a real pain point and a real business problem. And don't just do AI for AI's sake. That can be another reason as well. And, and if you do AI for AI's sake and you're not actually solving a real business problem or addressing a real pain point, then don't be surprised when you're not actually adjust, you know, <laughs> you don't have any ROI to show for it. Yeah, I, I think it might be a little bit of this cool factor. I don't know what it is. I mean, it's like this really strange thing. People feel like if you're not doing something really cool with AI, it's not worth it. But that's actually not true. A lot of the most successful AI projects have been things that, you know, kind of outwardly don't really seem that cool. We actually, if you go back and listen to a previous interview here on the AI Today, 
a podcast. I mean, this is now maybe like even a hundred plus episodes ago. We interview an economist at the Bureau of Labor Statistics. His name is Alex Measure. I know it's a great last name, Measure. He's an economist. Um, and he built very successfully, I must add, a system to do automatic coding of injury data, where basically a system would use natural language processing, so the conversation pattern of AI, and it would basically automatically uh, add these sort of numeric codes to the service data uh, survey data because it would help with things like uh, with workplace injuries. So it would do things like, oh, this person, you know, broken arm. So you got to put a code for broke and an arm, and it was at this workplace and it was at this time. And for humans to do it, it was just yes, humans were basically automatically doing the coding. It was just mind numbing, and people made mistakes, and it took a long time. So he built a natural language processing system, and it worked. He would not tell you that his AI system failed. Was it a robot roaming the halls? No. Was it an autonomous vehicle? No. Was it like this amazing chatbot that can have any conversation with you late at night about any subject? No. Was In it 10 different languages? Yeah. <laughs> no. It was just a natural language processing system. But because the scope was so well-defined and because he knew what the ROI was, he was successful, right? Exactly. So, you know, that's really, really important. Make sure that you are saying what will be a successful ROI and then make sure that the project can be in alignment with that. So as we had said, you know, don't do AI for AI sake. It does not solve every problem. And that's okay. You know, AI is not a one size fits all solution for every single problem. So in order to figure out if you even should move forward with an AI project or maybe a different type of project uh, within our methodology, we always say, you know, make sure that AI, make sure that AI is first the right technology, AI machine learn, learning, cognitive technology is the right uh, solution for this. And then if it is, you need to make sure that you answer yes to a variety of different questions that you need to ask and be really honest with to move forward with the project. And if you answer no to one or more of these questions, it means either you're not ready to move forward yet, or you should not move forward. And you need to really be honest with these questions because if you're just you know, plowing ahead and saying, hey, I just wanna go ahead and do this, your project probably is going to fail and don't be surprised. And you're going to have wasted a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of energy on this and you know, have upset expectations. Yeah. So this is this idea of these questions that you need to ask is something called the AI go no go. Uh, this is part of the CPMAI methodology. We talked about this before in many of our previous episodes, but there is a well-established proven methodology for running AI projects called the cognitive project management for AI methodology, which is itself based on a methodology called CRISPDM, which has been around for over 20 years for running big data management and data mining and data analytics projects. It wasn't built for AI specifically, so that's why it was enhanced and added with more AI-specific um, requirements and, and things. And one of those AI-specific requirements and things added to CRISPDM as part of CPMAI is called the AI Go No-Go, which was actually inherited from something that Intel had done. Uh, they basically worked through their CRISPDM and realized that they needed this thing called AI Go No-Go, which was not part of CRISPDM. And it really asks three general categories of questions and three questions in each of these three categories. And these three general categories is, does it make sense? Is there feasibility from a business perspective 
to do AI. And Kathleen and I will dive into those specific business questions. Then the next one is, from a data perspective, does it make sense to do this AI project? And then the final one is, from an implementation perspective, does it make sense to do this AI project? And if you can answer, yes, it makes sense, and for each of these three categories and each of the three questions, then of course, yeah, I mean, if it makes sense, if you, if you say, yes, it makes sense nine times, then you do it. But if you say, no, it does not make sense even once, mm-hmm. then don't do it, right? Because you just said, no, it doesn't make sense, but I'm going to do it anyways. And then you say, well, that's why your AI project fails. So, so let's, let's ask, let's find more about these nine questions that we need to ask. Exactly. And just, you know, harping on that a little bit more is that when we actually do dig deeper and say, okay, well, why, you know, when we talk to to clients and folks that have implemented AI projects and they've failed, we say, okay, well, let's, let's get down to some of the reasons why they fail. And if, you know, it can come back to this and say, well, you really shouldn't have moved forward with this. And you did. So diving a little bit deeper into this AI go, no go, the first area is business feasibility. So you need to be asking the question, is there a clear problem definition? Because if you're not solving a problem, don't do it. Don't do AI for AI sake, right? So make sure that you actually have a problem and that AI is a solution to solving that problem. You also want to say, you know, is the organization willing to invest and change? So after you've spent all this time and money and used all this resources to go and build your machine learning model, is the organization actually going to use this and invest and change and really use this as the way forward? If they're not, then don't build it because you can build, you know, the best machine learning model out there. And if it's not going to be adopted, then you've just wasted a lot of time, resources, everything on that. And then the third question in this business feasibility area is, is there sufficient ROI or impact? And it's the, the word sufficient is really important here because there can be ROI, but, you know, and, and maybe it's just a small amount of ROI, but if it's not enough to justify all of the time and resources that you're going to be investing into this, then maybe it's not the best solution to move forward. Maybe the solution that you have now is better. Maybe you can go with a non-cognitive approach. So make sure that the ROI actually is going to be sufficient enough that you can justify everything that's going to be put into the project. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's go to the Walmart example. If Walmart, you know, was putting in the body, I knew it was a cool thing to do, man. If I was Walmart, I'd be doing it too. Why not? I mean, they, you know, they got resources, you know, maybe this is just sort of a moonshot thing you're trying to do. But it, but if they're kind of wondering if this thing was going to be more than just a proof of concept, which we will, by the way, get into into a future podcast episode, we'll talk about the danger of doing proofs of concept. Mm. And if we want to call the Walmart bot, I'm not trying to call Walmart out on this. It's just, it's just, a very notable example. It, was there a clear problem definition? I'm not entirely sure. Was the organization willing to invest assuming that the bots actually worked? I'm not entirely sure about that either. And was there even a sufficient ROI impact? I don't know. And so so you can kind of evaluate that situation. We have the same sort of things to think about on the data side. So we have sort of three data-specific questions we need to ask. One, do we have the data that measures what we care about? Basically, do we even have the data that we need to make the model. If not, well, guess what? We're going to have to get it somewhere. Um, And then the second one is, is there a sufficient quantity of data needed to train the system? And do we have access? So if I don't have access to that data, I don't even have enough of it. 
mm, I'm going to start hitting some limitations. Then finally, the issue is, of course, data quality, which is, you know, do, is it of the right quality? So you might start this project and realize, oh, man, I don't have access to this data. It's not the right quality. Guess what? Maybe you could still do the project, but you know what? You're spending more money than you told the organization you were going to spend. You're like, oh, we're going to do this great AI thing. It's going to do this, it's going to do this model. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, wait, I didn't realize I need to get this data. So I got to spend money on data generation or data collection. Oh, I got to spend some money on data labeling. Guess what? Your ROI just got more difficult because Mm -hmm. now that I has gone up, which means that your R has to go up. To compensate. And if your I goes up, but your R stays the same, you're like, I'm going to save two hours a day, you know, of, of or two hours a week of this person's time. That's what I'm going to expect to get. But all of a sudden now, now I got to spend four times as much money. That math is just not working out as well as you, as you might have thought it was going to work out. Exactly. You might actually not be saving any money at the end of the day, even if you thought that you were initially before you looked into all this. And data quality and data quantity are two incredibly important areas. Stay tuned as a little teaser for additional reasons why we see AI projects fail, especially focused around those ideas. And then, you know, last but not least, because all three of these are equally important, we need to talk about implementation. So, you know, you need to make sure that you have the technology and the skills, the skill sets and the people that are needed to actually, you know, use and build and deploy and and manage these systems. If you don't have that skill set, can you hire the skill set that you need? Can you get the technology that you need? If not, uh, probably shouldn't move forward. You're going to get stuck. Also, can you execute the model as required in a timely manner? You need to set the expectations. Every project is different. So for your specific project, you need to say, okay, How is this model going to be used in the real world? And can I use it in a way that is expected? If not, if I don't have the resources or I'm not able to actually do that, then you need to think twice about that. We always talk about, you know, if you're going to unlock your phone with your face, use a facial recognition model and you have to have internet access and, you know, you, you know, it has to be, you know, good uh, lighting quality as well. Well, then, you know, what if I'm in airplane mode or what if I'm at a remote park that has, you know, I'm in in the middle of a forest on a hike and I don't have good light and I have no internet access. I'm not going to be able to unlock my phone. Probably not going to be happy with that. So make sure that you have those expectations. And then also, does it make sense, you know, to use the model where you've decided to use it as well? So really all of these, the business, the data, and the implementation feasibility are all incredibly important. And you need to be addressing this. This is at the beginning. This is before we've done anything else. So this is why it's so important to follow the methodology and really do it in the correct order. Don't jump around. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the more things you say no to, the, you can you can even start calculating just how risky your investment, your, your thing is. You might be like, just, just to go back to this, like, you know, model of unlocking the, you know, I'm going to build a machine learning model, facial recognition model, use that to, to open my phone. And you might be saying, you know, this is, you know, I'm going to put this model in the cloud. And of course, everything that Kathleen just said is impossible. Like, well, if you put the model in the cloud and you don't have access to the cloud, then you can't use the model. So what's the point of doing it? Like, well, then you need to have a, a backup. You need to have a fail safe. And you're like, well, wait a second. If I'm using the fail safe, maybe five times out of 10 or even two times out of 10, 
Okay, now we're now we're like messing with the ROI. And this is not just the unlocking the phone thing. Let's just say I have some sort of conversational system, but the NLP system, like, like I can't actually use it where I want to use it all the time. So I got to use some backup. Like, okay, I know you want to use this conversational agent, but you know, if somebody's on the phone and they're using it in a call center, but they don't have access to it, then they can't use it. And you're like, wait a second, you're just cutting off half of your ROI. You're saying this is going to save all this time, but you can't actually use the model half of the time. Look, I mean, who, who are you fooling? You're not fooling anybody but yourself. And I think that's the thing about these AI go, no goes. It's like, if you have a strong yes to every answer, you know, your project will be successful. I have a clear problem definition. Yes, the organization will take it. I got a solid ROI. I have all the data I need. It's in really great shape. I know what the format is. When this model is being, being used, I have the skills. I know the people I can do it. I can crank this model out quickly. I have everybody I need in my team to do it. I can. It won't take me three months to train this model. I can basically train this model in a very short amount of time. And then when the model is being put in, I know it'll use it. You are setting yourself up for success. But the moment any of those things basically goes to yellow or red, you're like, I'm not sure. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. And the other one's like, no, I definitely don't. You're, you're setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times we've seen this. And again, this goes back to methodology. And, um, you know, it's like, this is step one. This is phase one of business understanding of CPMAI methodology. This is, if you, if you, you got to do this and you know what, it's okay to say no and say, you know what, we are not going to use AI for this. Then find something else. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. There's lots of great computer. There's lots of great technology or people, you know, People are great. Sometimes the people work, you know, you don't have to use AI for everything. And so, and so that, that, I think that's sort of our last point here. This actually goes back to the previous uh, podcast. We talked about methodology, which is like, if you're using a standard methodology, you should not find yourself in these traps, which of course says, well, the, you know, the organizations that are seeing 80% failure rate, a lot of it has to do with misalignment of expectations, not having a good process charging ahead with projects without a well-defined ROI, which is the whole point of this podcast, and basically skipping steps and fooling themselves and trying to do it because they want to do it. And, you know, it's okay if you want to do it, but then don't expect it to be successful. It, it'll be just a very costly um, experiment. I don't know. Yeah. A little just, pet project. We right. Yeah. You know, and really you need to be saying what, what is the criteria for project success as well? That's just incredibly important. And make sure that you're really, like I said at the beginning, make sure you're honestly answering all of these questions too. Because if you're saying, do I have access to all the data? Well, mm, uh, I could get it eventually. So yes, I have access. It's like, no, you don't. Don't start, <laughs> right, don't start the project until you know you have access. Because, because you're basically saying to yourself that you can't guarantee success. And so if you can't guarantee success, then you got to tell everybody, hey guys, we're going to spend this money. I can't guarantee a success. Uh, because they don't have access to the data. So, you know, you got to be real, in which case the failure rates are just crazy. So, um, you know, I think you know, really that's the point of this whole podcast episode is really to get into this whole discussion of, you know, focusing on the ROI. And if you can make the ROI match and you can basically answer the AI go, no go, you're running a solid methodology that you know what problems you're trying to solve, you know which parts are cognitive and which parts are not cognitive, you know what pattern you're solving, you know what, we know, you know what your success criteria is in terms of what the accuracy rate needs to be, what your, what your false positive, false negative rate needs to be, you know how the model is going to be used, what performance it needs to have, what are your key performance indicators, you kind of know what the ROI needs to be, whether it's a calculated ROI in terms of financial, whether it's a time ROI, whether it's an improvement in compliance or an improvement in safety. If you know these measures, 
before you even start with data collection and you have, you say, okay, what skills are needed? You get, you figure out your skills, you get your team trained up. You're going to be successful. I cannot tell you. I mean, I obviously we're frustrated because we see a lot of companies charging ahead, seeing failure rates and basically saying AI is not working. We're like, no, it's not AI is not working. It's your implementation of AI is not working because you're just, you're, you're running the project incorrectly. You have misaligned expectations. I, I mean, there's nothing, as we said, there's nothing wrong with science projects and you can go out there. I mean, go to every academic, every university has university projects where they do AI stuff and it's fun things. You learn how to use the technology. You know, people are learning skills, but nobody in the university would fool themselves and saying, oh, you know, we're going to be, you know, this is a project we're going to implement. We're going to, the university is going to depend on it. Now, the university, these projects are, are for the purpose of learning. And when the course is over, the projects are are basically exactly it just it's dissolved <laughs> if you want to run your company like a whole bunch of academic projects that get thrown away after the end of your your team that's great but you know um that's not really what i would we would consider to be success exactly so you know hopefully by the end of this podcast now you've understand you know roi can be measured in many different ways and make sure that you actually are achieving that because if you're not if the roi is not justified then you're going to see project failure at cognolytica we are advocates for best practices methodologies for doing ai right if you've just listened to this podcast hopefully you can tell and if you're a longtime listener then you'll definitely know that we are advocates for the cpma AI methodology, which is the cognitive project management for AI. It really is a best practices approach for implementing AI and machine learning projects. So if you're looking to do AI right, maybe you've, you know, you're your company hasn't run an AI project yet and you don't want to be one of those statistics of a failed project. Or if you have run a project or two and you've realized some of these pain points that we've addressed in this podcast and our AI failure series podcast, then Consider taking the CPMAI methodology and certification. You can go to courses.cognolytica.com. It's cheap. It's about you know $24.95. We do offer discounts for group enrollments, and we encourage group enrollments so that you and your team get certified at the same time. Reach out to us if you're interested in getting our discounted group enrollment rate. Again, you can go to courses.cognolytica.com. We also have recently... Um, also launched our ethical and responsible AI certification because we've seen a number of organizations, including government agencies, uh, really, you know, focus on making sure that AI projects and, you know, AI, either tools that they use so that vendors have created, or if they are using, they're building and using these, they want to make sure that they're built and deployed and used ethically and responsibly. And more and more, uh, organizations and agencies are going to be looking for folks that are certified in ethical and responsible AI. So at Cognolytica, we are offering a uh, course on that. It's a course plus a methodology all in one. Our and ethical- a certification. Most importantly, this is a certification. So it's not just about learning about it. You can learn about ethics and responsible AI in a bunch of places. We have a comprehensive ethical and AI framework mm-hmm. that is literally the compilation of all the best ethical AI frameworks from around the world. That's over 60 different ethical AI frameworks that we've evaluated. We basically took them all, combined them, found the best of the best, eliminated all the redundancies. And this, there is no ethical AI framework 
that is anywhere near as comprehensive. You go to the Jake, they have this crummy little four step thing, which misses disclosure. Doesn't it talk about consent? There's no AI governance in there at all. I'm sorry, my friends at the Jake, but you could have done better. You should have done better. It's our comprehensive ethical AI framework. Now, here's the thing. You're trying to build a solution that has to work with the DOD and Jake. Guess what? They're requiring all of their solutions to basically have ethical and responsible AI compliance. Guess what? You're going to use the Jake framework. It's not good enough. So you, so you got to get kind of stuck now. So the bet, so look, it's a thousand dollars, $995. Get yourself certified on the ethical and AI responsible framework. It is a certification. It's, it, it is education, but we have a certificate. You could take the certificate, present it back to the Bank of America, to Wells Fargo, to Coca-Cola, to GlaxoSmithKline, to the Department of Defense, Department of Energy, whoever wants to hear this me can say, my people are certified on ethical and AI framework. Don't just pick up some random YouTube video and watch some blathering on and on about ethical and AI framework. We've actually done it. I'm, I've got to be passionate about this because it is time to step up our game here, people. Um, we are four or five years into this uh, application of AI and in and, and this current wave in terms of making AI work. It's time for us to be serious. And to be serious is not playing games anymore. So get yourself certified. Get yourself on a real methodology. Stop using scientific methodology for your data projects. Get on a real data, data methodology project. Get certified on CPMAI. Do it right. Bring your team on board. Have some expectations. Get some quality in there. And... We don't want to be doing these podcasts for the next two years complaining about failure when it's like the most boneheaded things that people are doing in their AI projects. Let's get serious. Exactly. So, you know, definitely go to courses.cognolytica.com. Get serious. Don't be another statistic. Use proven methodologies. Don't use the scientific method for your, you know, AI projects and then wonder why you're not addressing all of the things that you should have addressed and they fail. So hopefully we have definitely beaten that into your heads. Go to courses.cognolytica.com to check that out. Also, if you have not already, definitely subscribe to this podcast so that you get notified of all of our upcoming episodes. We are going to have additional podcasts. We talk about, you know, 10 common uh, reasons that we see for AI failure. So in our AI failure series, we have additional podcasts coming up. They'll be addressing data quality, data quantity issues, also the iteration time and proof of concepts versus pilots and more. So definitely uh, make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. We have a few podcasts coming up in our AI education series, including uh, topics around managing data for AI, as well as interviews with a number of leaders in the space, including folks from IBM, the Scottish um, CDO, the CDO of the Scottish government and commissioners from NSCAI. So definitely make sure to subscribe to our podcasts. If you also enjoy listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including a link to both of the courses, the CPMAI certification and the ethical and responsible AI certification that we talked about today. So thanks for listening. and We'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts.
Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Thank you.